Hello there, I'm Rob Manifield and welcome to this very first edition of a side series to my normal episodes that I do, which I am calling F1 Everything Else. So these are going to be things which I want to talk about, but they're not going to be, they're not what I'm aiming for, like with the podcast. So this is not going to count as episode six. This is it's extra, like an extra for you guys uh, to listen to. Um, and I thought, well, since I've just come back from Silverstone for the British Grand Prix um, this weekend, just gone, I thought this would be the perfect topic for edition one of F1 Everything Else. Um, so I'm going to talk about my experience um, of the British Grand Prix this weekend, uh, my thoughts on the race, um, and everything else in between. I have plenty of positive things to say about this race weekend, and there are there's some negatives which we'll get into, and one in particular was very quite negative, which doesn't make any sense, but you'll hear you'll see what I mean when when we get there. Um, this isn't going to be scripted like. Um, my normal episodes are, I mean, what if, just in case you didn't know, um, the reason why it takes so long for each episode to come out is because I write the script for uh, for, for each episode. And, you know, along with working full time and, and other commitments in my life, um, it's quite hard to sit down for a period of time and write um, several thousand words. So, but this is just going to be off the cuff. I haven't even got any bullet points. I'm just going to do it from memory. Um, so, yeah, um, let's do it. First edition of F1 Everything Else, the 2017 British Grand Prix recap. So where to begin? Well, let's start with Wednesday. I'm going to talk about literally every day of the weekend. Uh, I won't talk about today because nothing really happened apart from I came home. Um, so I traveled up on the Wednesday. Journey was pretty good. We, we, I live in Devon for anyone who uh, Devon in England. So right in the southwest of uh, of the United Kingdom, which is just so far away from everything and anything. So it took it took about we left at half ten. We got the Silverstone at about half past four. It took six hours, including. Um, a couple of stops on the way up so um, it was a pretty smooth journey a bit of traffic um, early in the journey but we made it the sun was shining on Silverstone uh, the tent was an absolute nightmare to get up um, I went to the race with my uh, one of my best friends Liam who was at his first British Grand Prix and um, his girlfriend's parents Alex and Merv who also were at their first British Grand Prix so it was nice to have like you know, we, we would come together in the evenings and stuff so it was nice it was an it was a nice dynamic we had um, across the, the five nights we were at Silverstone uh, we got up and the, the Wednesday I mean I don't know if anyone listening was at Silverstone Woodlands uh, campsite over the weekend but we were there from the Wednesday through to this morning on the Monday the 17th and it was a really lovely atmosphere on the Monday, uh, sorry, on the Wednesday night. We were going to the main part of Woodlands. There was no queue for the bar, and we just drank and had a really jolly, fun evening. <laughs> word jolly, uh, word jolly. Um, it was a really good evening. The weather was great. It was a lovely atmosphere. It picked. It got a lot busier over the rest of the weekend, but it was a really positive start to the weekend, and I very much felt like, like I'd almost come home. 
I have been, I mean, for those who you wouldn't know, but this year was my 15th on five British Grand Prix, 15th British Grand Prix. Um, so I'd taken a couple of years off, uh, but this year I, I went back and I had a really good time. And, you know, it was really nice on the Wednesday. We move on to the Thursday. Uh, the Thursday was, was pretty cool, actually. They opened the circuit to the general public um, and there was some on-track action, which was really cool we didn't get uh pit walkabout um passes unfortunately um but we watched the formula twos and they were awesome we sat at a club we checked out our seats they were absolutely beyond great um we'll get to that on, for what happened you know, on sunday but yeah it was really cool and it was the first sort of on track experience that you know uh, liam merv and alex had seen so it was really cool for them to see that they are just as loud as I remembered, so, you know, it was pretty awesome. Uh, we then watched um, the Sky F1, uh, the F1 show, which was actually good fun. It was one of the better ones that I've seen them do. Um, you know, there was they had this cycling challenge going on, and Jensen Button played a, a pretty heavy role in, in the episode, which was cool. Um, they had Lewis come out. Um, both Red Bull drivers, Alonso, both Williams drivers. Claire Williams actually swore on live television, which got a massive laugh. And um, yep, they didn't let that one go. Uh, again, it was it was fun. Um, I actually got on TV a few times. Uh, the camera was very close to where I was sat, and when Lewis was talking, um, you know, talking about how great the fans are. There's me uh, with my Ferrari coat, you know, giving the whole pointed the logo and showing off the logo you know not not everyone at Silverstone's a Lewis fan that's just let's remember that um and then afterwards um I we were I was just walking back to the campsite and there's a big crowd and Ted Kravitz has just stood you know with a big crowd of people signing autographs taking pictures and having a chat and so I got a picture with Ted Kravitz and um had a bit of a chat and he predicts Sebastian Vettel to win the world championship so that's cool. He also was not a fan of the the shield, that um, the the concept behind the shield, uh, even before they had run it. Um, it was only for a few minutes, but it was really it was nice to chat to Ted Kravitz. He's one of the few Sky Sports um, pum, pundits people on that broadcasting team who actually you think actually are they're not biased much, but yeah, Ted Kravitz is fine. So that was cool. And that was the Thursday, really. Um, but then we moved on to the Friday. And Friday morning... Um, it wasn't especially cold. It was it was quite it was pretty early in the morning. That's probably why it was cold. But it was 9 o'clock in the morning. First practice started. And seeing these cars is just fantastic. They are absolute beasts. Even in first practice, they're building the speed up. And... That, yeah, even in like attraction corner like club, which we were sat for first practice, it was just so cool. Like it was really, really awesome, uh, and it became immediately clear that the Mercedes were going to be the team to beat, and that Ferrari were really on the back foot. So it was not an encouraging start to the weekend for Ferrari. Even there and then, Vettel had a spin uh, down in the Beckett's complex, uh, which got a big groan from me and a bit of a cheer from everyone else, which is a theme that will continue for the rest of the weekend, which I'll get to in a bit. But, uh, yeah, first practice was 
was entertaining. I always look forward to first practice. It's the first running of the weekend. You build up to that point, and yeah, it didn't it didn't disappoint. Uh, second practice, we walked up to Abbey, and we sat at Abbey, and oh my goodness, Abbey Corner with these cars is just so awesome. TV and you know, videos that you can take on your phone or photos or whatever, they just do not do Abbey justice. That's a really cool corner to watch Formula 1 cars at. They are so fast. Not even a hint of a lift from through something from some people even as early as second practice. And uh, yeah, I was blown away actually by the speed in uh, in um, FB2. And again, the Mercedes were quicker. Bottas was slightly faster than Lewis again, though we didn't actually see a representative time from Lewis on the super soft tyres. Um, everyone was doing lots of long running and uh, establishing their race pace and, set and tweaking the car setup and things like this. And everyone did a lap on the super softs, and Lewis actually um, made a mistake on his lap. But he still finished second fastest on the slower soft compound tyre, which was a little bit... Uh, Onimus, let's put it that way, for the rest of the weekend. We then went back to the... Um, we watched the other uh, um, things taking place. The GP2 qualifying we watched down in the village section, which was actually quite good. Not a bad little spot. Um, but then we went back to the campsite and found out that Bottas had been given a five-place grid penalty. Uh, was it for a gearbox change? And that really kind of made me... Uh, in hindsight, it gave me a false sense of hope that Ferrari might be in the fight for the win on, on Sunday, but um, you knew Bottas would, you know, we'd be quick in the race, so there we go. And as he was, so there we are. Saturday, we walked up to Beckett's in the morning, and holy shit, it was cold. Um, Beckett's is quite an elevated grandstand anyway. Uh, you're quite high up in the air to get a proper good view of the Maggot and Beckett section. But, oh my goodness. I have never seen some anything quite like what I saw in FP3 in the Maggot and Beckett's complex. The car's running low fuel, going for quick laps, and the speed, the speed through Maggot and Beckett's is just mind-blowing. It makes... It, Abby's fast, Yeah. But my god, maggots and beckets in these cars is just... It's one... I, I, I put a video on Facebook at the time uh, saying this is genuinely one of the greatest sights in global motorsport to see a Formula 1 car, especially a 2017 car with the new tyres and the bit and the new and you know, the, the bigger rear wing and I was just... The, the, the level of downforce these cars are generating and the speeds they're able to run through there is just absolutely insane. So that was really cool. But we wanted to sit at club again for qualifying to get the atmosphere of them coming around to finish their laps and things like this. So we walked back down. Uh, and then one of the first negative experiences of my race weekend at Silverstone uh, happened. We took our seats and the lady in front of us, um, we'd never seen her before. I've never met this woman in my life. Uh, me and Liam decided to crack open a beer um, before qualifying. And mine gets a bit frothy as I open it up. I do my best to you know, make sure it doesn't froth up everywhere. But this woman turns around to us and looks at us, well, looks at Liam, and just says, Good luck. And we look at each other. We're very confused. I've never seen someone drink a beer before. What, what, what do you mean? But because I'm wearing all Ferrari, we, we're pretty sure she meant that. 
then turns out that she has this turn we, we saw it the day after but this banner it is essentially a bed sheet and she's literally taken a big biro to it and written something like Vettel FIA some bollocks like you know some stupid bollocks that makes her look like a complete fool um, she harps on and on about Baku for about a good 10 minutes and I'm just ignoring her because she's just a st well the point she was making the points she was making didn't make sense so I didn't want this cow to ruin my day so I just ignored her and she eventually changed her tune and tried to be friendly but I was just like oh, you're a cow and then it became very evident that she really really was a cow because every single time for the entire length of, of all, this, all, all of qualifying, all three sessions, um, she would boo Vettel. She actually at one point told him to die, which left me with a really bad taste in my mouth. The first signs that some members of the crowd at Silverstone were not going to be friendly um, and respectful and just decent people. Um... Which is a shame, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but Lewis's lap for qualifying was amazing. His Q3 lap was sensational. You can't help but stand up and applaud that because it was just superb. But the highlight of quali was most certainly Alonso going uh, P1 in Q1. That got one of the three biggest cheers of the weekend. It really did. Um, but the irony is that the same people that you know cheer him now were booing him only a few years ago. So. How uh, how fickle people can be, it, it blows my mind sometimes. But anyway, anyway. Uh, qualifying was fun. We then watched the GP... Sorry, I keep calling GP2. We went up to Woodcut and watched the Formula 2 race, which was okay. There was some overtaking into Brooklands, which was cool to watch. It wasn't the best race in the world. Uh, we... What did we do on a Saturday? See, this is why I haven't scripted it, because I'm just trying to remember it off the top of my head. I think we didn't watch the GP freeze. I think we might have just gone off and had a look around the fan zone or something. I genuinely can't remember. But we didn't watch the GP freeze. Uh, we went back to the campsite and you know, we got dinner. We went into the, uh, the, the entertainment bit. There was a cool madness tribute act on and it was just a really pleasant evening and it was a real festival vibe to, uh, to Wood Silverstone Woodlands. And it was one of these moments where I thought, I'm just really glad I'm here. Silverstone is great. The British Grand Prix is great. I wish it could be the British Grand Prix every weekend. If it's if it's the atmosphere tonight is electric. Like I really want it to be like this tomorrow. But sadly, Sunday was probably not even not even forgetting what happened in the race because that's its own thing, right? This year's British Grand Prix day an experience for me as a fan was the most disappointing I've had maybe ever um, for, a, for a few reasons so we'll get into them first of all for whatever reason Silverstone have got their ass in their hand and have decided to ban air horns now I didn't even have an air horn I have this blow horn which I bought nine years ago for a fiver at Silverstone they took it off me but there were still air horns going aplenty during the race. So that left a bad taste in my mouth. The lady on the security was a right drop's worth. And I was very close to giving her some grief. But I thought, nope, take the damn thing. You're not going to ruin my day. 
Turns out I let the British public do that, but you know, we'll we'll get there. Um didn't watch the GP3s, we had breakfast, we got in the grandstand, the GP2 race was a race of two halves, the first half was extremely processional and there wasn't really much happening, the second half was balmy, and it was pretty awesome to watch actually, the second half of that race. The Porsches were fun, but I decided to go, you know, get a drink and some food and before the race, because that's the most important thing. So I missed maybe the last five laps of that race. So never mind. We were sat down at club in club corner, right on the exit of the corner, and our view was incredible. We, you could see through, you know, through Stowe, through to Vale, all the way through club, down the pit straight. You see them dart into Abbey, entrance to the pits, the podium, the bottom end of the pit, up to maybe roughly the Ferrari garage in the pit. That was just was fantastic. It was a really awesome view for race day, and was very much worth the money we paid. I'm really glad we sat there. It's probably the best seat I've ever had. For my out of all 15 British Grand Prix I've been to, it was amazing. Um, and I actually thought, apart from one or two idiots booing other drivers, Vettel in particular, um, I thought building up to the race, the, the fans in the grandstand were quite respectful. Apart from the miserable Modi gets behind us, they were just. To be fair, they they sounded like Andy. All of them sounded like Andy from Little Britain, so they weren't the brightest sparks in the world. Um, but you know, that's it. That's just... You, you can't be mad at people for being stupid, but whatever. The race starts. Verstappen gets ahead of Vettel off the line. There's a cheer. And it becomes very evident that this crowd is going to boo and cheer Vettel all day long. And lo and behold, they did. But we'll go through the race. Um, I've watched the highlights package back. I'm not really going to watch the whole race. Because I actually didn't think the race was all that great. Um... There were some moments which were enjoyable, and one in particular which was epic, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, the first point of the race I'll make, obviously, was, as I said, for Stappen jump Vettel off the line, and I, I am completely uh, of the opinion that that ruined Vettel's race from there. If he hadn't have got stuck by Verstappen, behind Verstappen, uh, he could have run his strategy probably completely differently. He only pitted so early because he just couldn't jump um, Verstappen, and Bottas was closing in. So they had to go and cover off the Red Bull, and that's why he had to run so long on that set of tyres, which is inevitably what caused his puncture on the penultimate lap. But the battle between Lewis... Sorry, well, let's see, Lewis. Uh, Lewis was gone. Um, before that, though, the, the two Toro Rossos collided, and Daniel Danny Kvyat... Um, hmm... Well, he said earlier in the day that he wants uh, a decision to be made quickly uh, about his uh, future with Red Bull, and uh, I think that might speed the process up a little bit. Uh, oh dear, that was not good. I felt really bad for Science. He did nothing wrong. The two Toro Rossos are racing side by side. Kvyat goes a little bit deep, loses the back, loses the car a bit, and hits his teammate, and they both spin off. I would love to have been a fly on the wall during that debrief. That must have been tasty. Um, yeah, the safety car comes out. Raikkonen actually stays with Lewis for a good few laps. Lewis wasn't really able to drop Raikkonen. But further into the stint, when Kimmy's tyres were going off a little bit, um, Lewis just did an immaculate job of pulling the gap every lap. And it was actually quite a sight to behold. And, you know, you can't be, regardless of who you support, and I'm not a Lewis Hamilton fan, but you can't be mad at um, 
someone who is driving that well. It's just, um, it was awesome actually to watch. Danny Rick making his way through the field was very, very entertaining. Obviously, he had his problem in qualifying, which many started um, last but one. Um, Liam, who really is a big fan of Danny, Danny Rick, was having a great time watching that. Highlight of the race was Verstappen and Vettel. That was absolutely epic. Down um, down into Stowe, it was just awesome. Um, you know, again, you can't be mad if your driver doesn't pass someone because that other driver has done an amazing job defending. Um, yeah, but, you know, it was very clear that the British fans were only cheering for Snappen because it was Vettel that, um, they, you know, that he was racing and defending against. Um, yeah. Then the race kind of just became a bit stagnant. Very, it needed something. It needed a safety car. It needed some rain. It needed some. It needed something because from that point up until the finish, it it didn't really have much. Bottas started on the soft tires, pitted very late, having done a massive stint. Came out on fresh super softs, and I was saying lap to lap, it's inevitable that he's going to catch Vettel, and it's going to be easy. And Vettel held on as long as he could. He defended against Bottas on one lap, but the following lap he just did him in, did him a DRS into Stowe, and that was it. That was all she wrote. Kimi was in second on lap 49 because the race was 51 laps because of the restart because Palmer could, didn't even make the grid, which is just really sad for him. Yeah, just, could the guy get some luck, please? Um, Raikkonen star explodes. Um, gets a puncture and he has to crawl around. He takes his pit stop to, um, you know, to get a new tyre and Vettel moves up to third place. A lap later, Battle suffers the same problem. And, I mean, the grandstand went absolutely nuts. And it's like, ugh, I can totally see why they've gone crazy. But it's like, it's very fickle. It's not not a nice crowd. But we'll get more into that in a minute. Um, you know, there was a bloke in front of me. Every time Battle came round, he was basically giving him the wanker sign, which was really winding me up. The blokes behind us were calling him a dirty, cheating German bastard at one point, which, again, I, I actually verbally I actually said out loud, do one. But I didn't say do one, I said something else. Uh, didn't actually say it at them, so it was more for me just to get it out of my system. I was like, you're just being... I've had to listen to your shit for four hours. You're, you're getting one back from me. Um, but when Lewis came round to take the checkered flag, I was one of the first people up standing on my feet as he came round. You, you can't not applaud... An absolutely fantastic performance. It was my it was my personal. As much as Danny Rick's performance was great, I just looked at Lewis's performance and thought, you know what, that is just perfect. He's had a brilliant weekend, and he dominated the race and rightfully got, you know, the, the full twenty five points. Um, Kimi crawled round to third, which was great for Ferrari, and it's nice to see him on the podium, even though he really didn't want to be on there. And Seb still managed to score points, which is important because he is now one point ahead of Lewis yep that 20 point lead is now down to one but you know anything can happen it's a we've got 10 races left it's such a long season and now the media are trying to spin it that Lewis has now got it pretty much in the bag I can't wait for them to be proven wrong that it's going to go to the finale and I still hold hope that Vettel can win um, then the really negative shit started to happen. So, um, the fans were 
booed Vettel like no one's business as he crossed the line. Fans were middle fingers, uh, again wanker signs and stuff. And I thought just a bunch of scumbags. Like this is this is a football crowd. This is this is the sort of stuff you do to an away team at a football ground. Like I didn't know I was at Millwall, Millwall versus uh, versus West Ham. Like. I'm at Silverstone for the Formula 1. It used to be a family-friendly event. It doesn't feel like that anymore. And then the... Then the... the what might be my defining memory of Silverstone... Uh, how it is now for the Grand Prix. I was leaving the, I was leaving the grandstand after the race. And uh, when you walk out of the grandstands, you walk down some steps in a seat. Like, raise, you know, um, that overlook the steps. And there's this big, fat, disgusting dirty bastard um and i knew he was a hamilton fan because he was wearing a lewis hamilton hat and a mercedes jacket he sees me in my ferrari gear he gives some sort of like acknowledging gesture to his friends almost like a yeah watch this and he looks down at me and i know this because i caught saw it out of the corner of my eye the next thing i hear he is doing the whole like he's gobbing up in his mouth so it's like and it's really loud really really loud and i you know you instinctively hear someone gob up especially if it's coming from above and it you know it was coming from above and i look up and we make eye contact for half a second and he kind of then looks away and pretends to be busy now i'm absolutely sure he was looking at me he was gobbing up and he was going to spit at me i'm pretty sure that was what's going to happen he didn't spit on me because I, I looked, I looked up and stopped, stopped him in the act. But that is absolutely filthy. That's disgusting. And that's what the British Grand Prix has become, and that makes me really, really sad. That the British Grand Prix is now full of people, sadly, who don't know how to behave, that aren't passionate about Formula One as a sport. They are there for Lewis. And if you are supporting anyone but the home driver or the home team or whoever, you're almost seen as the away team. And apparently, you know, you deserve to be spat at, apparently. You know, I, I would have been mortified if it actually been spat on. Um, yeah. The, the British fans, and this isn't everyone, and I really don't want people to think that I mean I'm talking about every single Lewis Hamilton fan or every single British Formula One fan who goes to Silverstone, that I'm talking about you individually. I'm not. 75 to 80% of the people that went to Silverstone this weekend were perfectly decent people who love Formula One. They really do. They're, they're passionate. They're knowledgeable. They're exactly what they say about the fans. They are. They are passionate people that love the sport. And you can have a chat with them. You can have some banter. You can all get along. And that's exactly what the British Grand Prix used to be. Even like, even up to like 20, 2010 or 2011 or something like that. It was a fun place to be. It was a family-friendly event. I mean, I started coming when I was 10. This would never happen when I was 10. It was a totally different time. Schumacher dominating every year. People cheered and applauded him. They respected him as a driver, regardless if they didn't support him. But now we're at a point where, because of the British broadcasters and the media, they treat Vettel like he is a genuine enemy. And they rile up the people who go to the race. 
to get them to a point where they think that they see someone in Ferrari gear who isn't on their side and think he's the enemy and we should be, you know, abusive to him. I mean, I read a comment about um, bad behavior from from these people. Um, um, there was like a kid in like for his first Grand Prix and he was in like a big Ferrari fan. And he's in his Ferrari race overalls on the race day and he started being verbally abused by Hamilton fans or whoever. By anyone, it doesn't matter. I, you know, as a child, I, I'm a 26-year-old man, and I, I was really quite upset by, the, you know, the way the public behaves. I thought it was really, really poor. This isn't what I remembered Silverstone being. It really isn't. It's completely unacceptable, but it's almost promoted now. That. David Croft, who continues to be the most insufferable asshole in Formula One now, he the way he acts and his complete bias towards Lewis Hamilton and against Vettel, and I don't care about Baku. Baku is done. I express my opinions on that on all my social medias. He should have been banned for what he did, but he didn't get banned. He got two penalties on one day, and that's it. We need to move on. But they keep bringing it up, and they're bringing it up to try and make Vettel to be the enemy. You know, the British public do not like it when someone who isn't, you know, who is foreign, who is German or whoever, who is a threat to the English driver. And Vettel is a genuine threat to Lewis Hamilton this year. And they don't like it. And they want to make Vettel to be the enemy. And that's across all of the British media. You know, all these websites and stuff. You know, no wonder the fans go to Silverstone. And they're calling, you know, other drivers wankers and threat and asking and threatening them to die. Like, you know, end of the day, you must have respect for these people because who are driving these Formula One cars because they are putting their lives on the line every time they get into a Formula One car. But sadly, they don't now, and it's it is it is completely changed. This weekend has completely changed my thought process on the British Grand Prix, what it has become, and what it will continue to be. So, after 15 years, I have decided that this year's British Grand Prix will probably be my, my last. I don't think I'll go anymore. I think I'm going to go other places where I, I where the atmosphere is more friendly. I mean, I hear Spa is great. I hear Monza is absolutely amazing. And despite it being where the Tafosi is, they're Formula 1 fans. They don't... I mean, there's idiots in every walk of life, right, that are going to behave badly. But by all accounts, the Italians are just Formula 1 fans. I need to go. I need to go to Monza, absolutely. But we, sh no one should jeer. No one should jeer anybody. It doesn't matter what nationality you are, who you support, what race you go to. It's, it's not what F1 is. Unfortunately, that is what F1 is becoming, and has become actually. And it makes me really sad because there's nothing I love more on this earth than F1. It's my passion in life. I have a podcast on it now, and you know you're listening to it. And I hope it hasn't been too rambly for you because. But it is, it's genuinely really made me question, you know, the British Grand Prix. Silverstone, they should be promoting good behaviour and respect amongst fans. But I actually think in other ways, you know, the, 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 the pundits come out on the fan stages and they are riling up the crowd. They're trying to make, you know, making comments about Vettel. Tony Jardine has been horrendous for it for years with Michael Schumacher. And I didn't watch him at the post-race party last night because I literally, I, I, he is my least he is just the worst Formula One personality who there's ever been, in my opinion. He's a complete scumbag. Um, 
so screw him. But I, I've been rambling about the negatives for the last 10 minutes or whatever, and I don't want that to be the defining memory of my weekend. I had a really good weekend. You know, it was really good. So how could it not be? You're at the British Grand Prix. You're at Formula, you're at a Formula One Grand Prix. But yeah, this one was my last, guys. I, I can't go back to Silverstone anymore. I, 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 I can't. And especially considering the prices next year are extortionate. We paid £300 for our race weekend tickets this year. And we had amazing seats at Club Corner. They're now... So £300, right? Next year, same grandstand, is going to be 450 I shit you not. That is an absolute joke. How Silverstone can do that is beyond me. And you and the facilities aren't even that good there any you know at all. Crazy. But again, I had a really good weekend, you know. I I will I remember the positives as opposed to the negatives, but there are a few ne quite a few negatives this year which is you know it's sad to see, but that's just the way F1 is going, unfortunately. But, you know, uh, what, what can you do? Apart from come on a, a podcast like this that I, you know, that I have and express my views on it. And, you know, the fact that anyone anywhere in the world feels the need to behave like that to fellow F1 fans and to F1 drivers at all is just really bad form. And it's not what F1 should be. So that was my uh, recap of the my British Grand Prix weekend. Uh, I didn't really talk much about the on-track stuff because I actually don't think there was a lot to talk about in terms of the on-track stuff. The Mercedes were mega quick. Uh, the Ferrari struggled all weekend but managed to claw home a podium and Vettel did score some points, which is important. Um, Danny Rick was awesome in the race. Um, Alonso getting P1 and Q1 was really a cool moment. But yeah, that's kind of it um, for my recap of the British Grand Prix. Uh, I do thank you for listening to it. Um, again, it's not like a normal episode of the show. Uh, I will actually announce what is going to be episode 6 of F1 Everything. I've been having a think about what it's going to be. And the next episode of the podcast is going to be my very first team episode of the show. So I've done... Uh, four driver biographies and a review of an entire season. This is my first team episode, and it's going to be on Red Bull Racing. So that's the next episode. It should come out in the next few weeks. Uh, as I said, it takes a while to create these things, so I will do my best to get out as soon as I can. Um, I'm hoping to upload quite a lot during the uh, the summer break after the Hungarian Grand Prix to make sure there's stuff for you guys to listen during that period. Uh, and now that I've established F1 Everything Else as a, you know as a series for the podcast. Um, if there's something worth talking about that I just want to come up and ramble about as I'm looking at the recording so far from this episode, it's over half an hour. It's one of the longest ones I've done. Um, yeah, it gives me that platform. Uh, don't forget to subscribe uh, to the show on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please give the show a rating and a review. It would really help me out, guys. I really, really uh, appreciate it. If you could just take a couple of minutes to give me a rating, you know, it, it does help me out. Um, there's also a Twitter account for the show, uh, F1 double underscore everything. Go and give it a follow. I tend to tweet more on that now than my own personal account. A link to that is in the my, the bio for F1 everything. Um, there is. I also have my own uh, Instagram. Um, 
a few pictures from the British Grand Prix this weekend on there. So if you want to go and check it out, uh, look up Rob Manifield on Instagram. Um, spelling M-A-N-I field. That's how you spell the surname. Some people get it wrong. Really wrong. Um, again, thank you very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'm Rob Manifield, and I'll see you around the next corner. <laughs>